welcome to the Wiggly Podcast. I'm Heather and I'm in Blakemere in rural Herefordshire, England, UK, the world, the planet. And I'm joined today by... Richard from Wiggly Wigglers. And we have no Farmer Phil. Right, what's Phil doing today? Farmer Phil is delivering his son back to scout camp because yesterday was a bit poorly and he went and picked him up from Coventry, which, dear listener, is a hundred and something miles away. Yeah. And today he's delivered him back because he was better and he really didn't want to miss the scout camp. No. Well, there you are. But Fatherly we... duties and all that. Exactly. But we are joined today by a quite a um, prestigious guest, a sort of local celebrity. Right. And that's Christine Hope. Welcome, Christine. Hello. To our sofa. Christine, tell me a little bit about your business. I've got a village shop and post office based in South Herefordshire called Hopes of Longtime. We sell a range of goods from fair trade dried mango through to bootlaces, newspapers and general necessities. So if you're in the area, dear listener, pop by to Hopes of Longtown, our new show sponsor. <laughs> Christine's in the last catalogue, isn't she? There's a photo of Christine, I think, with her next to a juicy looking hamper. Yeah. We're going to talk to her a little bit about what we've been up to. And we've also got another special guest who is banging on the door waiting to get in. And that is Gareth. Yeah. Gareth has been, well, I suppose you'd call him a temp, but he's been a brilliant chap on the phones at Wiggly Wigglers throughout the spring. Mm-hmm. And every week, apparently, Rich, he's been asking you a certain question. Well, he's a lovely lad, isn't he, Gareth? And every week you say, can I come on to the Wiggly podcast? <laughs> and I'll say, well, yeah, well, yeah you, there's no reason why you couldn't. So what have you got to say? What are you going to bring to the party? Yeah. And every time he says, well, I, I don't know, really. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess this morning, he's, when he bleated from across the other side of the office, I'd like to come up as well, if I could. <laughs> and he said, well... What are you going to bring to the party? And he managed to scrape a few thoughts together and, hey, presto, looks like he's in the hot seat. Yep, so he'll be here later. But we've also got Pippa, who grows all our veggie seeds. Mm. When you went down there, Rich... I did. I went down to see Pip on Tuesday. I went down to Wiltshire. Pippa, she lives a mile from Longleat. Really lovely part of the world, in fact. Not a part of the world I'm particularly familiar with. So it's quite nice to go down there anyway, but we talked about all sorts of different things. It's a beautiful little cottage industry, essentially, and we do a range of some of the seeds that Pippa grows, are all naturally grown. In fact, she's, she's um, sort of airing to the side of a kind of vegan organic production now, which, which is um, a real feat in itself. But she's a, a one-woman band. She travels around the country at various shows and things like that to sell her wares. And we talked about how she grows the seed, how she saves her seed, what type of seed she grows. Do you know what she does in like 200 different species of French bean? Really? Did you ever imagine there would be 200 species of French bean? No. Mm. Definitely not. Do you sell French beans in your shop, Christine? No. But at the moment... It's been a great revolution for me. Now you've told me that those peas in my garden were mange too. <laughs> revolution. I've revelation been even, yeah. Waiting for it's, those. Uh, it's, yeah, no. <laughs> it's such a shame. It's such a shame, me. In fact, a few people have asked me since open day, what type of peas are those that are growing in the garden? I say, oh, they're mange too. They might have gone a bit far now, though. <laughs> Yeah. For next year. It's so sad because I go out into the garden and I think, oh, what can I have? And I find courgettes and potatoes. and yeah, so I'm quite short of produce, but those peas, I've been waiting for them for so long. And I think they never get any fatter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No. 
Anyway, shall we go? And, and so, how many seas do we sell? You're not going to know that. Why am uh, I asking? That? I have got no idea how many we sell. I know we sell several types of the same variety. Yeah, I've seen lots of boxes. I'd say we sell 97 different types. There. Let's go and listen to you and Pippa. I think you might have got someone in right, you know. I do. <laughs> Down in Wiltshire on a sunny day. Kind of a sunny, uh, breezy, rainy, typically British summer's day. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, I've come down to Wiltshire to see Pippa Rosen. Pippa grows organic seeds, some varieties of which we sell at Wiggly's. It's, it's proving to be very popular as well, and I've trialled um, some of that seed this year, and I've got some fantastic plants off the back of it, so that's always good. You live in a lovely spot, Pip. How long have you been here? I've been here 30 years. 30 Quite years? a long time, yeah. Seen a few changes. It's a good stretch. And how long yeah, have you been growing your seed here? been growing since the year 2000 but I've been long been interested in herbs and vegetables though. Right. basically I'm a herb grower yeah spent many years growing herbs in pots for the public but it's just an extension of that really I've always been very interested in beans so beans and herbs are my specialities yes how many varieties of beans do you, do you grow all told uh, all told I grow about 300 different sorts that's just a, just French beans that's a lot. yeah it's a lot of beans <laughs> <laughs> I could never grow them all there was, a, there, was a, there was a time where I thought there were French beans runner beans and broad beans <laughs> and just one, one variety of each that's yeah right. that's right yeah, that sounds yeah. about right yeah, that's, that's what most of my <laughs> my customers think you can always see my my lists that's and then right. uh, it's fascinating yeah. and we don't uh, I don't think Wigglies supply anywhere near that that amount probably no. half a dozen different varieties that's fine well, um, you, Wigglies have a good range of what I do because I do source them from all over the world so I've built up my collection over many years yeah they come from Canada America a lot of countries in Europe and also the Canary Isles and Africa and even Australia. Right, so, right. Yeah, I've got a good, good mix. Yeah, fantastic. And they've got a long history going back. They come originally from you know, Mexico area over to Europe and then they've gone back with immigrants back to the States yeah, and now yeah. people like me are sourcing them, getting them back again. And I suppose some of the varieties you grow perhaps might become extinct if you weren't taking the time to look after them and nurture them and uh, keep that strain keep that species going yes absolutely that's what would happen in fact yeah. some I've got I'm probably the only person left who's got them right. so it's really important to me to keep my stocks going yeah. and if I have another year like last year some of those might become extinct yeah well let's it's hope not quite, no. it's all quite dodgy what's this season yeah. been like for as, as a growing season for you so far part? not too bad this year yeah right. thank goodness so right. I should aim to get quite a lot of seed Right. I rather get uh, many varieties and a few of them okay. than a lot of just uh, a few varieties. Yeah, yeah. It makes it's a slightly more an interesting work, I guess, but but more work. More work for me, yes, yeah. but more delightful for my customers. Yeah, so, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So a friend of mine said when I mentioned about the fact that I use organic seed for for my vegetables. I mean, I don't use uh, not all the seed I use is organic, but all the seed that you grow here is, is organic You're, you have organic certification but my friend said that how is it possible for someone to grow organic seed to be completely sure that it's it's organic right well there are many rules and regulations now so that if you if you're calling yourself organic you have to source organic seed right that's now the case right so how, do you, how do you improve your soil then without the use I of... I improve my soil by using green manures a lot. Yeah. Beans themselves, although they do produce nitrogen, it's fairly minimal what's left in the root because if you think about it, beans are high in protein. Sure. So 
any nitrogen is going to go up into the bean seed right. so that you can eat it. Right, okay. So that leaves less in the ground for the following crop. Right. So if you want soil to improve, you need to turn in the green manure at the leaf stage, the green leaf stage, not right. let it get woody. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, and then I grow different plants that have different depths of root, and that will improve the soil structure, which yeah. is very important. Definitely. This land is actually quite clay as well as quite stony. Um, we're, we're, set, we're essentially we're at the bottom of a hill, aren't we? And yeah, there's we are. a woodland behind towards, us, yeah. a nice mixed deciduous woodland. You're only a mile away from Longleat's Fire Park, aren't you? I am, that's right. You can you hear the lions roaring hear. occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> the wind's in the right direction, I can hear the lions. Yeah, yeah. And the sea lions. That's amazing. Uh, especially on the day when they don't get fed. They have yeah, a starved yeah, day, which well, is good, good for the big all, cats. We're all a bit noisy when we don't yeah, get sufficient right. food. So, uh, uh, the, and you've got some lovely parkland oaks going yeah, up through the valley. Yeah. It's an absolutely stunning village where I live. It's all built around a big bowl, if you like, very spread out village. So right. As far as the eye can see, there, okay, there are houses see, all around, yeah, yeah. and then right in the very middle is a, a so lake. You've got a, you've got a pub as well, though. that's quite nice. One pub. Yeah, there yeah. used to be four here. Okay. And now I'm There's down one. to one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but luckily for me, I live between the pub and the shop what, right. what could be better yeah, nothing at all <laughs> nothing at all okay and Fantastic. if it's a dark night the pub is if I follow the north star I get to the pub okay <laughs> so there we go that makes perfect um, sense so right. as a seed producer how do you make sure you can supply your plants with sufficient potash for instance for, um, to get a, the, you know a good quantity yeah, that, quality of seed right that's very important for seed obviously um, not to not to concentrate on on the nitrogen so um, I balanced it up with um, growing a lot of comfrey right. and um, okay I have ro- I have another site by the way besides this site yes the, I imagine you must. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I did, it did occur to me that you must because of us. Because of the amount, of, the amount of seed I produce, yeah. <laughs> no that's right. This site's more no interesting. There's a yeah, more variety yeah. of, of plants here yeah. for you to see in photographs. Yeah, so yeah. That's great. The other site, I grow a lot of beans, I have to say, a lot right. of comfrey, yeah. uh, rows and rows of comfrey and horseradish. Yeah. And I'm very interested in peas as well. So I've got down there marrow fat peas okay. and marrow fat kale and a lot of purple podded peas. Yeah. Yeah, they're gorgeous colours, aren't they? Mm. I think that probably mm. adds to the eating experience, the aesthetics of the, yeah. of the, of the thing that you're kind I of think crunching you're right. on. Yeah, and you can stir fry them. And okay. Yeah, my other site, I grow the comfrey, and it comes back here. That will give me potash. Um, right. So that will give me better flowering and fruiting. Do you make a comfrey tea? Do you? No. If you if you make a comfrey tea, it's more the equivalent of putting a chemical on the plant. It's better to put the comfrey leaves in the compost mix your kitchen waste compost okay or even the leaves directly down the ground they will rot down very fast oh okay and then obviously year on year that will give you potash right so as i say this was quite clay but i have worked on it over the years and i have ideal soil now for herb growing it's 7.0 on the ph scale so absolutely bang slap in the middle and and vegetables of course six point five seven is just fine. Right. So Fantastic. I'm it very is very lucky. Soil you've got it's very yeah. deep and dark, but it's yes. it's kind of light and loamy as well, isn't it? Yeah, it no, is. It is. Fantastic. Yeah. You and I are having a great conversation about vegan organic, and it's not a concept that I'm um, completely familiar with. You're avoiding the use of any animal manures to improve your soils. Yes, I I've decided over the years that a lot of land is used for. Um, producing food for animals and that's not really sustainable for the future no. and so I've decided to 
personally change my ways of producing. It's a good thing to do. So I should say that we did uh, have just enjoyed a fantastic couple of brown baps with nice thick rashes of ham of inside. Ham. <laughs> so, yes, I have. So, uh, you know. I, I'm not completely <laughs> no, myself. No, no, no. no. But, um, but it's, a great, it's great to be able to practice that, especially if it works. I mean, it well, makes perfect right. sense, doesn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yes. You know. So there you go. That's vegan organic growing. Wonderful. Okay, here now we're here. We have a parsnip going to seed. Obviously, I seeded that last year, and look how lovely and tall. That's and huge. I've taken off the uh, side shoots there uh, to produce better uh, seed at the top. You don't, you, you don't want a lot of poor seed, no. so I've taken off the side shoots to so promote all the growth into seed. the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've had they're, to take it out. Six foot tall, aren't they? Yeah, now, it's keeling over. They're enormous. The wind, so. Yeah. That will provide enough seed for quite a few customers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do, when you harvest this? Because um, I mean, some of this seed is absolutely minuscule, but uh, mm. you know the parsnip seed is, is probably larger than yeah. most. Really, yeah. um, what's the process now? If you'll you'll come to harvest this, yes. when? Well, again, it'll be about another month, right. and I'll be coming out every day and taking off what's ready that day. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then it'll be going somewhere dry and airy. Yeah. And perhaps on trays and doing its final drying off okay it never gets packed up for storage until its moisture content is down to about five percent that's okay. true of all seed here fine okay what uh, have you got a special dryer or something like that no just the air <laughs> <laughs> just the fresh air that's fantastic see that that in itself is, is wonderfully sustainable because yeah. well, i am doing this Your on a, i'm not doing of, this on a, seed. <laughs> my my house is covered in seed in the autumn yeah it's yeah. a sight to behold really yeah I'll you can is, hardly yeah. tread anywhere you can't sit and can't sit down anywhere that's for I'm going to have to come down again and see that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that yeah, would be fun. great. Bring a chair. Yeah, definitely. You were telling me earlier that you spend probably about 100 hours a week working. Which, I do, at least. Which uh, is uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite a considerable undertaking, really. Work. But yeah, it's so very varied. Lots of passion goes into yeah, this. Very varied and very interesting to me. And I'm learning all the time. You learn by doing. I think it's raining, Pip. We can duck for cover. <laughs> where, should okay. we, where should we duck for cover? Where should we go? The, um, uh, under that umbrella tree. Yeah, this is very, uh, very summery. Oh, yeah, this I is a know. wonderful little tree. This is, uh, oh, you've this got some, some fantastic pruning going on in this. I cut it into an umbrella. Oh, look at that. Oh, well, there we go. It's great. Absolutely. It's really nice. You've got a little bit of a topiary going on as well, Pip. Is that... Is that something that you do yourself? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I put box hedges all around my four herb beds here. Okay. The four little herb beds that uh, originally I decided to have four different soil types so that the herbs could be planted in the soil that they really liked. So I was going to go for chalky soil there and clay and good loam there and, and sandy here. Yeah. But, of course, you can't really change them no you're stuck with it really yeah you, you can do a bit yeah yeah you can, you can add a bit of it comes lime. back to what it was originally it does it, really so. yeah it does or it gets taken up by the plants that like it so yeah then yeah. you're back to what you want but that was yeah. the idea to start with so these are four beds that house my stock plants right. from which i take cuttings and right. seed right I grow everything. Yeah, yeah. So how many how many varieties do you grow all told? Oh, I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> hundreds. Yeah, hundreds, I've certainly. I've never counted, yeah. 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 What about herbs? How many different varieties of herbs? All herbs. I probably do... Well, for selling, I probably do about 80 different sorts in pots now. Good I've whittled it down. Yeah, I used to really? do more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, very few people would realise there are 80 different varieties of herb 
oh well there are thousands alone, of trillion. Yeah, yeah. Name them. Yeah. you think about all the Chinese herbs you know but yeah mainly people most people want culinary herbs and then occasionally people want medicinal ones as well right. and aromatic so I tend to go for everything yeah. One of my favourite plants of all is that sort of rather bluey colour leaf there. Yeah. Can you see it there? Yeah, yeah. That is sea kale. I was going to say it looks like a cabbage yes, leaf it is. of sorts. You're yeah. right, yeah. yeah. In fact, when it's in flower, you would think it was a, a sort of cauliflower, really. Okay. Right. It flowers quite early. It's yeah. Crambi maritima. Right. It's a beautiful plant. It's not, not everybody's, it wouldn't be everybody's first choice, but I just really like it. Oh, you, you seem to be very adept with the scientific names for these things, which is, which, which <laughs> I always, always think is quite, quite yeah. impressive. But, yeah, well, uh, it, it sounds it, but once you get into things, you, you, you need to know the Latin. Because yeah. If you think about it, I mean, some, somebody would say buttercup, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. Yeah. Uh, and they would mean that yellow flower. You yeah, know? yeah, but, yeah. But there are so many. Yeah, so But you need some of them don't have a colloquial name. That's right. So then you, you know, you it's, need it's, to know your Latin. It's like worms, you know. It's, it's, it's <laughs> I'm very sure. similar. Yeah, once you get into but there worms. Are only, but there are only twenty-five species, so it's not, not too much of a problem. I don't have to remember, you know, oh, right. six hundred different varieties. So okay, that's quite useful. Well, it's funny because when I first started um, with herbs, um, I used to think it was a bit weird that people would grow. Why would anybody want more than one rosemary? Why would they want six different sorts? But now I'm worse, you know. Yeah. Like now I need, yeah. you know, everything. It's a, th- it's a thing, isn't it, with life, really? I suppose, you know, once you've experienced something, you have this thirst to experience more. To know more of it. Yeah, yeah that's so. true. You're incredibly lucky, aren't you, that your your hobby, your passion, has become your is is, is your livelihood as well. You Absolutely. know, so yeah, I'm one of those very very lucky. Very people. few people are yeah. able to uh, to enjoy that kind yeah. of uh, luxury in life. So Absolutely. it's a wonderful thing to mm-hmm. indeed, you know. So. I do feel very very fortunate. I don't have to go out and you know do a job I don't like and then come no, back and no. try and enjoy myself. No, that's right. Every day is good. Fantastic. Now you've you've brought this tub out. Are we going to go and pick some seed from somewhere? Let's. Yes. Let's do uh, which, uh, what sort of seed are you going to look at? Trying to what is what seed are you going to try and pick in this in these wet conditions? It's not rainy a bit. This a is not, bit, my, yeah. not my ideal conditions, but no, we can no. try and dry them later. Okay. So this plant here, this is landcress. Right. It just forms a very nice sort of rosette on the ground. Yeah. Dark green leaf. Lovely nutritious leaves, by the way. Obviously, the next year it goes rapidly to flower in the early part of the year. It gives a lovely display of yellow flowers, which the insects love because it's very early and they right. haven't got much else right. to go for. And here we are, July, and we've got the seed. Fantastic. So, when you're looking to see if it's ready, uh, you might think, well, is it or isn't it ready? You're trying to get it before before that happens and it twists and drops seed. Oh, I see. Right, oh, So, I need to get it just before nature does its bit right okay. right otherwise okay. i've lost it all right okay. certainly yeah, yeah so if you f- if you find some that the stem the stem has gone dry then they're ready right because the stem has finished feeding the seed okay. with nutrients yeah so that can go at any time so right i'll clip it there okay okay I'll put the whole stem pop yeah, that in I the what's there. the shelf life of a of a seed does it matter is it relevant according to the size of the seed it matters for some plants. Generally speaking, the brassica family, that's all the cabbages and so on, yeah. all that family, yeah. last a very long time. They can right. last up to seven years. Oh, wow. A lot depends on the storage, yeah. how you store things, but that's a good long viability. But some things like parsnip, parsnip's a classic, very short viability. Right. So you need to get fresh seed. Okay. Okay. Right, right. And when I say fresh seed, that's parsnip that's been harvested, you know, in about August. Yeah. 
and then sold that first winter and then right. sown seed in the spring. Okay. Okay. Fine. Yeah. And everything else really in between. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So yeah. really, you know, if you bought some um, some purple sprouting seed or some some uh, red cabbage seed and put it in the fridge, you could mm. use the same packet. Yes. Year on year. You for, could for you several could. years. Yeah. People are quite wa- wasteful of seed actually. Yeah. Because actually, a, 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 a packet of um, Brussels sprout seed would last seven years. Absolutely. Most families. Yes. If you, you just know, took you out a few, the, sowed the them in a seed tray, and yeah. you've got enough, haven't you? Yeah. yeah That's right. Definitely. Yeah. Everything uh, depends on the storage. So things have to be kept cool and dry. So right. humidity, it has to be low, and the temperature, I, I would say, between five and thirteen degrees, okay. ideally. So a closed container in the salad compartment of the fridge. Is, is, is a it's good place ideal. to yeah. store your... Yeah. Store your Obviously routine. beans and peas are very bulky. You may not have room in the fridge and they'd probably be okay yeah. in, say, a brown paper bag in a cool room. Yeah. People make the mistake of keeping things in a, in a jar with a lid on and they get humidity inside the jar, right. which is not good. Okay. Okay. So, right, Fantastic. I would just carry on here, you see, for okay. a long time, picking whatever's well, ready. I think I'm going to uh, love you and leave you, actually. Now the weather's turning really bad. I think my work stop here is done. Collecting. <laughs> so, what I would say is uh, thanks very much for showing me around your garden, though. It's been a wonderful experience. I've had a great day. And thanks for feeding me as well. Oh, uh, you're very welcome, Richard. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Anyway, Rich, that was lovely. Excellent. Now then, we've got in the room and we've had this sort of banging on the door for just weeks and finally we've let him in. So welcome, Gareth, to the Wiggly Sofa. Have you ever been in the Wiggly Sofa room before? No, because I was just saying to Rich as I was walking through, this is the deepest I've been into the Wiggly house. (laughs) Only having uh, breached the kitchen before. (laughs) I think you've been in the larder for squash. I couldn't get the light to turn off. No, you can get the light to turn off. The light, a bit of a puzzle. Does yes. it turn off? No, it doesn't. As you open the door, the light comes on automatically uh, right. and turns off automatically. But I did have a young lady who was working here who left me a note with the door open saying, I couldn't find the light switch. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Christine's here. And the thing is that I know about Christine is she's just come back from starring on The Weakest Link. Now, Christine, I think you got on rather well, didn't you? Well, surprisingly, I stayed in for a very long time by not answering any of the questions correctly, it seems. Mm, doesn't matter, though. How, what round did you get to, Christine? At the fifth. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. a terrible giggle, Heather. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. Um, I and, don't mind. At least I answered a few questions. And, uh, Richard, I, I think you, you had a brief yeah, appearance on yeah, the weekend. Yeah, very brief, yeah. I think I got it to, ooh, I think it's a third round. <laughs> Are you sure? I thought yeah. it was the first. No, no, third, third round. Not off first, fortunately, not off first. In fact, the guy who got voted off first uh, would probably have won it. Because he, I think the guy who voted off this was the most intelligent bloke there. Uh, tactical voting. I think there was some tactical voting on my fourth round. And I'm really sad. The lady who went off first, when we all came back into the room, the green room, she'd gone because she felt so upset, I think. So, okay. Liz, if you're out there, you're an absolute star and a lovely lady. Oh. It was a real shame, I was gutted. <laughs> now listen, when are you yeah. on? So when can we see you? I don't know, because they're having this thing called the Olympics, so it mucks up the scheduling. Okay, well we'll put out a little message to you, dear Wiggly listener, to tell you when Christine's on, so you can see her live, in they person. Don't, don't, they don't tell you until a few days beforehand. It's only a few days before. Oh. Yeah, quite literally the day before sometimes. So and it is fairly embarrassing, not because I didn't know the right answers, it's embarrassing because I'm still on there. 
I was stood on the fourth round thinking, please just vote me out, put me out of my misery. And now they kept me on. I don't believe you. How do you know each other then, you two? Do you? Uh... Well, Christine, I sort of follow her business model okay. and try and sort of catch up on the back of it. So she does something like the Rural Business Award or the Post Office Award or whatever. Okay. And then she sort of wins. Right. And so I think... Oh, I'll have a go at that. So yeah. I enter it. I see. And then she's either the judge or there as a past winner, and we meet up. We're both from Herefordshire. Well, tell Richard the sort of accolades that you've ended up with. I mean, Prince Charles even washed her shoes, I think. <laughs> well, he, he didn't wash them, he just slightly buffed them on the left yeah. hand side. No, Heather and I originally met at an event in the West Midlands for business in the community, which is basically for the blue chip companies, the top 100 businesses in the UK you know all floated on the stock exchange and we've been representing the Rural Action Award so that's for people who make a difference within their community through their business aspirations and desires and realising that when you own a business you have an, an external responsibility for the community in which you're in. We're both winners and I got to meet Prince Charles and Steve Redgrave when I won in the Royal Albert Hall which was an amazing experience and I sat there we were three shortlisted and I sat there thinking, they haven't named me. I haven't, I, they haven't named me. I'm not even highly recommended, but I've won. But I just no comprehension that we would win. It was very special. Yeah. And so I don't think I'm quite on Heather's co- hers on my coattail. I think it's the other way around. <laughs> anyway, the, the business that you started was a village shop. Mm-hmm. Yes. But that's fairly amazing in your area, isn't it? Tell them where you live. I live in Longtown, beautiful Longtown, nestled at the foot of the Black Mountains. It's halfway between Abergavenny and Hay and Wye. Rurally isolated supply chain issues and the business of the village shop had already closed um, three months prior to me starting out in business. Right. So I just took a different approach, different attitude, um, stocked a different range, tried to do what all the business books are telling you put the customer in the shop in the layout and what they want not what you perceive it is mm. however in the first six weeks of opening i thought i'd fail so i only stocked the food that i would like so if i failed i just had a very large larder of goodies <laughs> <laughs> but luckily for me it worked <laughs> what do people buy in long time you know give us a few secrets you know are they earl grey tea drinkers do they like organic carrots are they more of your bird's eye frozen peas yeah, what's the, the breakdown of a long-time purchaser? OK, well, there isn't a typical long-time purchaser. They go down into seven or eight different categories. And without boring you too much, we do have a category group who would appreciate our gluten-free range. We have some people who are desperate for the sun-dried mango and they've tried to buy it in their local supermarket or the health food shop and they haven't got it. So we're more along the lines of unusual and different right next to chocolate digestives we're not an exclusive shop whatsoever if you've got money we'd like to relieve it off you um but we do have a stance on ethical and fairly traded as well brilliant why is uh, other than starring in the uh, in the, on the wiggly sofa this episode of the wiggly podcast why else has christine come today well because we're having a review meeting and um, because we tried some wiggly hopes hampers in our catalogue so yes. christine and i got together the original idea was alcohol Okay. We figured that we needed to sell our hampers with alcohol. So we thought cider, didn't we, Chris? Yep. And local beer. And, and Perry. Perry. We thought this was a great idea, but the local licensing people didn't see it quite the same as us and brought up 
first of all, issues. And so we decided just to try two hampers to see how they went. So today, Chris is here to find out whether or not we've sold any, whether or not people enjoyed them. So, Christine, the best-selling hamper was the breakfast one, wasn't it? Yes. What did we put in it? Well, we put the granola that's hand-baked in somebody's oven, which is a really delicious, sweet flavour. It's not like a muesli at all because it's got a sweeter texture. You can have it straight in a bowl, milk, yoghurt, orange juice with banana, whatever, and it's suitable for any meal and for most special diets as well um, as an extra treat. It's got the honey in with the bees collecting from round here as well, so that's really good. And then we've got the apple juice and the three-fruit marmalade that's made by Claire Jones from Purely Preserves. Oh, and not forgetting the seed that we put in as well, so that all the packaging can be reused, the cardboard and the straw, to then plant your wildflower meadow seed. Yeah, great product. So we'll find out how that went. I Mm -hmm. don't know how it's gone, but I've got some pieces of paper and my enormously big calculator to do some big sums on it later. Anyway, that's the end of this week's show. Sorry, Gareth, there's no time for you. That's okay. <laughs> Only joking. <laughs> Rich, let him in. Oh, I mean, poor Gareth. let this boy in. So, what have you got to say for yourself, Gareth? You 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 listen to the weekly podcast, don't you? I know, I know that. You've I do listen to the podcast. Yes, fans since you started uh, your exploits at Wiggly's. How long have you been here now? Approaching five months now. And, God, really? Uh, yeah, since moving back up to Herefordshire, living in Cardiff for four years living the life of McDonald's and God knows whatever rubbish there is available there. Right. Now uh, eating food out of my own garden and looking after my lovely worms. <laughs> so, so really taken back oh, to, the, uh, yes, yeah. to the country life that, is, uh, that Hereford has to provide. Oh, isn't that lovely? Fantastic. So you, you, quite honestly, you've grown some of your own vegetables then. Yeah, we had um, those Dunbar Rovers that we had a couple of months back. Yeah. Got those in the ground in the, the uh, garden that my mum and um, me rotivated thoroughly. Right. Now enjoying those as part of our evening meal. Well done. And your worms are doing well? Yeah, so far. I, haven't, I don't think I've lost too many, if <laughs> any at all. <laughs> Just, just a case of rescuing them all out the bottom every day, and uh... the, uh, the unfortunate thing is, of course, because you're in actual fact you're a temp, aren't you? Yeah. So you you had to pay for your worms, everybody else. Uh, I hope you got other, a staff discount, staff, Gareth. Uh, yeah, I couldn't get any more than the staff discount. Couldn't you? Reach, though she wouldn't budge on that. <laughs> So that's, but that's conviction for you, isn't it? You, you, yeah. uh, you know, stumped up some, some hard-earned cash to, to set up your own wormery. So Have you used any of your compost yet or your worm peat? No, yet? not yet. Just leaving it as it is, really, and getting that going. And uh, yeah. once we get some uh, produce off it, we'll be putting it back into the garden and uh, completing the cycle, really. Yeah, well done. Um, what's it like, Gareth, answering all the questions on the phones from the Wiggly customers? Uh, Have you had some funny moments, or is it frustrating? Or there's, fu- there's funny moments every day, really. Is there? Um, it does get a little bit frustrating with the uh, the same recurring questions from the customers, but uh, you can always take a different approach with it. And uh, most people uh, hang up uh, knowing the answer and uh, don't hear from them again. So that's obviously a good sign that they've uh, taken our advice on board. What's the most popular question? Why are my worms in the bottom and they're all dying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we'll cut uh, that out, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> so what do you answer then? When someone asks you, why are my worms in the bottom of my worm and they're all dying, what do, what do you say? It's because the, the, um, the moisture given off by the kitchen waste that they put in, by the potatoes, carrots and lettuce and everything else, is all being absorbed by the, the coir block that they're still living in, all the compost that the worms have made previously and 
Obviously, with worms breathing through their skin, they can't breathe and they go south to escape. But little do they know there's a pool of water below them, so they're no better off. It's like <laughs> out, out of the frying pan into the fire kind of, kind of thing. But uh, by adding enough dry material into the top, you should absorb that moisture and make it harmony again for them. Well done. So, okay, there's a test for you. What's the, what sort of quantities of dry, fibrous matter do people need to put in their worms? We always recommend 25 to 30%, but uh, after speaking to a few customers on the phone who were running wormeries in with great success, uh, one guy down in London, he says he's got five wormeries, and he claims to be putting more, more dry material than actual kitchen waste. Right. I mean, he's running five with five stacks on instead of the usual three with great success. Fabulous. What does he use a catering guy? Is he or... I don't know. He, he just rang up and ordered a structure with no, not a value pack, just a structure right. with two extra trays. So it was only plastic in the trays. Okay. And he was just running it like that with right. more fibrous material than kitchen waste and getting a load of compost off that as well as uh, more worms than he could do with. So. Yeah, yeah. So he, yeah. Ended, he was ended up giving them away to everyone right. because, because of the success <laughs> that he was having running his own way. Yeah. So I think it's just a case of not living by a rule book of you've got to put in 30%. It's just if it's too wet, add more dry material and see how far you can get with the kitchen waste. Do you want to say hello to anyone while you're on the show, Gareth? Well, I can't go without saying hello, Mum, can I? No, definitely not. <laughs> I met Gareth's mum on the open day. She oh. came along to that great day we had on Sunday with 379 other people <coughs> and Gareth's mum. So hello, Gareth's mum. What a great day we had, Rich. Yeah, that's right, Ev. Yeah, we, we, did, we did have a great day. <laughs> it's a little uh, good, manic. Good but... day you had by all. Uh, it, was a, it was a fabulous open day, actually. Very looking forward to next year's open days. I'm glad you are. Yeah. And the results are in. We raised £930 for the National Garden Scheme. So that goes to cancer charities. £350.90, which goes to our Village Pump, which is our village magazine, for producing the community news and even Wigglies did well in the shop so well done all and thanks to all the Wiggly stalwarts that, that turned up and we had a volunteer so thanks to Annie Neesham specifically yeah. for standing on the gate frying gently yeah, thanks uh, so many, and Annie. thank goodness somebody bought some suntan cream because she was a blondie she was till That's next good. week that's all from the Wiggly sofa Gareth would you like to say goodbye Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye from me. And me. Bye.